we have a lot on our plates. The last thing I want to see women doing is adding one more thing to stress about. Let's give ourselves some grace. Let's think about balance as something that happens over time. I think for me, I love being an entrepreneur because it is very project-based and there are these efforts that I have to just, you know, put my whole self into, but I know that there's an end in sight and I'll be able to pour into my boys and pour into my friends and into my other life on the other side of it. Welcome back to the Empowering Her podcast, beautiful humans. I am so very grateful that I get to hang out in this space with you. We have the holidays upon us and whatever you're doing, I am sending you all my love. Um, I hope that you enjoy the holiday season. I hope that you are gentle and kind with yourself. And my greatest wish for you and for everyone I love is um, that we have a year filled with peace in our hearts and peace in the world. Uh, Amen to that for all of us. Thank you so much for being a listener of this show. Because you hang out here and you listen to this podcast, I get to show up every day and do the work that I love. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No amount of gratitude will ever be enough. Um, But I always do my best to let you know how incredibly thankful I am for you. Um, Today, I have the most amazing guest, Candice Nelson, who you may know as the founder of Sprinkles Cupcakes. She is a serial entrepreneur, a New York Times bestselling author. She's a Wall Street Journal contributor And really, and you will hear in this episode, an expert in turning one's passion into a profitable business. Her sweet, sweet book, Sweet Success, A Simple Recipe for Turning Your Passion into Profit was just published by HarperCollins. It is amazing. You need to pick it up for the women in your life, for the aspiring entrepreneurs in your life. It's so good. Um, Candice, she rev- revolutionized the baking industry when she left a career in finance to start Sprinkles, the world's largest and first cupcake bakery and cupcake ATM. Nelson followed with the launch of Pisana, a growing chain, chain of Michelin Bib Gourmand Award winning pizzerias, leading the third wave of pizza in the U.S., She continues to expand her portfolio of investments with CN2 Ventures and lives in Los Angeles with her husband, two sons, and Norwich Terrier, Willie. This was such a beautiful conversation. I'm still buzzing. Um, Candice brings so much wisdom to so many areas of life that I think we all uh, are, are partaking in, whether it is motherhood, whether it's getting our businesses off the ground, whether it's really monetizing our passions and creating abundant careers, it's all of it. And I just want you to listen for the nuggets of wisdom that she drops. One of my favorite things that she shared was about how when she was, she didn't use these words, but it's my interpretation of it. When she was in the zone, when she was doing what she knew she was here to do, she was like a light that attracted every positive experience and every positive positive interaction um, and human being into her life. And that's really when you know you're in the zone, right? When um, you all of a sudden start manifesting and attracting that beautiful, beautiful 
uh, abundance and richness of life. And it's like, you don't even know you're doing it. It's just your natural way of being. So take a listen. She's going to talk about her experience with uh, fulfilling an order for the Oprah show and all the other amazing things that she's been up to. I know you are going to love her as much as I do. Without further ado, here is Candace Nelson. Do you ever feel like you wish you could do more for this generation of girls, our future generation of women? Like actually be a change agent on the front lines and introduce girls to their many superpowers? I always ask myself this question, who would I be today if as a young girl, I was told that I am powerful beyond measure? Who would you be, beautiful listener? I know it in my heart that it's time that girls are taught from as young an age as possible that they have everything they need within them to create a beautiful life. Why do we need to wait until our 30s and 40s to finally start feeling good in our skin, with our own thoughts, in our own bodies? The stats are that a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine. This is a stat that I can't live with and I'm literally in the business of changing. If you too feel the feels when you hear this and want to learn more about what you can do, like our 190 facilitators across the globe are doing to start running their girls empowerment workshops, events, businesses, I want you to learn more about the Girl Life Academy. It's time for all women to step into a career that adds value to the planet, rewards us personally, professionally, spiritually, and financially. We are welcoming new heart-centered girl life facilitators all year around to run our curriculum in their local communities. We provide you with the certification, the business know-how, a supportive community, and so much more to get your girls empowerment endeavor off the ground in a smooth yet powerful way. To learn more about the application process and how you can make the Girl Life Academy a part of your personal reality, go to www.girllifeempowerment.com. That's with one L, www.girllifeempowerment.com or check out our show notes to learn more. Welcome to the podcast, Candace Nelson. I am so incredibly excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is such an honor. Oh my God. It's a pleasure. We have so much to dive into with the success of your beautiful book, Sweet Success, a simple recipe to turn your passion into profit. But you have done some pretty incredible things. And I'm just so excited for our audience to get to know you better. Um, Can you share a little bit about what you do today and how it came to be? So today I am helping to run a pizza concept actually called Pizzana. A lot of people still know me best for founding and scaling Sprinkles Cupcakes, but I have moved on operationally from that, although it will always be my first baby. But regardless, I am drawn to food. I love, you know, elevating simple pleasures, whether it's a cupcake or a slice of pizza and surprising people with foods they thought they already knew. I love building an experience. I love building a a sort of army of brand ambassadors and loyalists, which you know a lot of people these days call community. And I am just also a multi-hyphenate. Is that what they call it these days? Whereby I'm not just one thing. I'm also uh, on TV sometimes or producing TV. I am now a second-time author. 
and um, also a mom and friend and wife and all of these many things. My goodness. It's, you know, there's so much, you wear so many hats and every bit of it feels so exciting. But as women, sometimes we really struggle with like doing all the things and taking Mm. on like, and I wonder as a mother, I have 16 year old twin girls. um, Mm. And I know your sons are also older, but like, how do you manage it all? How do you balance it? Is there even such a thing as balance? Like, is Mm. that a thing for us women? I like that you offer that question in a more open-ended way. I was just having this conversation with another sort of go-getter mom friend of mine. And and she was saying, it was actually quite beautiful that there's a pyramid. And then the top part of the pyramid is what takes your focus, but that's always shifting. And I like to say that balance is over time because, listen, I think sometimes as women it's triggering to me a little bit, this conversation about balance, because it's almost like we're putting one more thing on our plate that we have to worry about. You know, if you are creating something, pushing something new into the world, birthing something new, whether it's a child or a business or a book or some other project, it takes Herculean strength. It really does. You're not going to be able to have balance while you're doing that. Something's going to have to give. It's up to you what that is for me during this book launch. It was a hundred percent exercise. I have not moved my body in months. <laughs> and that was just, that was like, you know what? I'll get back to it. You know, I know the muscles will, will be there when I, you know, find them again, but that's what had to give for me. And I just think that, you know, we have a lot on our plates. The last thing I want to see women doing is adding one more thing to stress about. Let's give ourselves some grace. Let's think about balance as something that happens over time. I think for me, I love being an entrepreneur because it is very project-based and there are these efforts that I have to just, you know, put my whole self into, but I know that there's an end in sight and I'll be able to pour into my boys and pour into my friends and into my other life on the other side of it. Yeah. It all balances out is really what it Mm -hmm. is, isn't it? It's Mm -hmm. like the things and it all balances out. And I so appreciate you giving women that permission to just not put another thing on their to-do list. Mm-hmm. Like, I think sometimes we need to create the, the, the undo lists, like the lists that we no longer like exercise, you said is the thing that you had to sacrifice. Right. But I still get that because exercise is supposed to be something that makes us feel good and we feel Mm -hmm. good about doing it. And if it's just another thing that you have to do and commit yourself to, you're not getting the benefits of it anyway. So Mm -hmm. remove the guilt about Mm -hmm. not doing it and just don't do it and focus on what needs to get done right now. So I I appreciate that permission and and total amen. I like echo your sentiments completely. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so, so I know that you said that sprinkles is that baby business and it's mm. the baby business that so many of us know. Like I remember mm. in Beverly Hills going with my daughters to, to the ATM and getting cupcakes when they were little. I mean, it's such an amazing thing you created. And I feel like we need to dive a little bit deeper into yes. that and how, I mean, cupcakes, people mm-hmm. like cupcakes are amazing. They make us all so freaking happy. But we were used to paying so little for cupcakes Mm -hmm. in a supermarket. Mm -hmm. And you literally gave the cupcake a makeover. I mean, how did you even come up with this idea? And then how did you take the steps to get it off the ground? I'm going to rewind just a little bit further to give people a context for what I was doing. 
I was raised in a family that really believed in traditional education. And my dad was a corporate lawyer, very risk averse. And he taught me that you graduated college, you got a great job and you kind of stair stepped your way up to success within that company. You were loyal to that company. Obviously so much has changed since then. We don't really even think about careers in that sense anymore. But for me, that was still very much part of how I looked at and every, my generation, how we sort of approached career, but life sort of threw me a couple of curveballs. The first was I was working in San Francisco, first in investment banking, then in a technology company during the dot-com boom, which depending on how old your audience is, they may or may not remember. Um, but then there was the dot-com bust in 2000, I think it was 99, 2000. So I was out of a job. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've been doing everything right. And now I'm out of a job. Like what? this wasn't supposed to happen. And then a few months later, 9-11 happened, which was very clarifying for me, just in terms of if all of this is so ephemeral, like if this is fleeting, if everything could end tomorrow, am I really doing what brings me joy? Am I doing what I want to do? And it was really the first time I'd even asked myself that question. The answer was a resounding no. So instead of going to business school, which would have been, it was kind of what it was in the back of my mind. It's what everyone was expecting of me. I went to pastry school, big left turn, didn't know what I was going to do with it at the time. So after graduating, I started baking these special occasion cakes. I just wanted to be as creative as possible because I'd been in these number crunching jobs and needed to exercise that creative side of my brain making these cakes, realizing it wasn't a great business because people don't order special occasion cakes that often. I wanted to make something that people could enjoy every day. And I remember walking through the supermarket at the time and seeing this, you know, going through the bakery section, seeing all of these cupcakes stacked in plastic clamshells. And, you know, with the shortening laden frosting and the cupcake picks and just very um, basic to put it kindly. And I just thought the cupcake needs a makeover. Here's something that everyone in this country loves. We're nostalgic for it. We grew up with it. It is literally a slice of joy. Why aren't we treating it with more care? And so I set about to reinvent the cupcake and that's how Sprinkles was born. Oh my goodness. Like beautiful. And like it, it is very everyday and it's single serve. It's like, I could eat a cupcake on my own. I don't have to feel like, what am I going to purchase a cake for? Like, it just makes so much sense. And it's amazing that you went ahead and you made that a reality. So I, I love it. So you realized that life is short. I should be doing what I need to be doing. And this community is very much tuned into turning your passion, like turning your hobbies into a living. It's what we do at Girl Life. We train mm-hmm. women to run profitable girls empowerment businesses. Mm-hmm. And like, who would think that that's something that you could earn money for, but like how cool that you went ahead and did that. And I feel like that's inspiration to so many people, but doing that does require some bold action, right? Mm. I think it's bold to say, I'm going to give the cupcake a makeover. Like, can you tell us about some of the bold actions you needed to take and how perhaps the universe showed up to co-create with you when you did that? Absolutely. I think the first bold move I made was just sort of saying goodbye to what I thought my future held for me. Sort of these expectations that either I had for myself or had that were sort of in my subconscious because it's how I'd been raised. And when I told everybody I was, you know, going to pastry school and I was now making cakes, 
people were kind of scratching their heads. I didn't get a lot of support for that. That wasn't cool at the time. Um, and people, I think were a little worried about me, which is sweet, (laughs) but at the same time I had to really get rid of the idea that that mattered. Right. I mean, it really is all about sort of what's in your heart and, and in your gut and going for it. And, you know, if people weren't necessarily cheering me on, that was okay. That probably had more to do with them than it did with me. So I think that took a little bit of courage, just stepping away from this future that I thought was in store for me from the support of people around me. And also, you know, it was a very unlikely idea at the time. It was the height of the low carb craze. I mean, literally everyone I know was eschewing carbs. They were eating, you know, burgers that were lettuce wrapped for dinner, eggs and bacon for breakfast. So people were like, you're going to build a temple to carbs in the middle of (laughs) Beverly Hills. That doesn't make any sense. Everybody's on the Atkins diet on the South beach diet. So there was a lot of courage that went into those steps. I think the, at the end of the day, the litmus test for me was, will I always regret if I don't pursue this idea? And you hear that people, you know, at the end of life, they have so much more regret for the things they didn't do than the things they did and maybe failed, but we always learn in our failures. And the answer was, yes, of course I would regret it. I would watch somebody else take this idea and run with it and it would eat me up inside. So I had to do it. I love that so much. And like how fun that, you know, just like you said, in the midst of everyone's like trying to lose weight and be healthy and eat organic. And you had this idea and you went for it, even though all, you know, some, there were odds against you. And then there were people telling you it wasn't going to work, which we all struggle with, right? Like we turn the volume Mm -hmm. down on our own inner voice. We turn the volume up on what Mm -hmm. everybody else thinks that we want. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of our lives, we're left, you know, that book, that amazing book by Bronnie Ware, where Mm -hmm. she literally talks about the regrets of the dying. The Mm -hmm. one that you said is on the top of her list. Mm -hmm. I like regretting that you didn't do what you wanted to do, but more than anything, that you didn't have the courage Mm -hmm. to live the life you wanted because you were afraid of what other people would think. So Mm -hmm. congrats on taking that bold action. It's very courageous. It's very brave. And I think we can all learn from it because I think when the passion is there and it's not just passion, right? You put Mm -hmm. put inspired action into it. You took all the Mm -hmm. right steps. Mm -hmm. And then how, like once you did that, what, in what ways did the universe show up for you too? Like what's, what invisible door started opening up? I think initially people definitely were not super supportive, but over time they almost had to be because I was so enthusiastic and passionate about my idea and what I was doing. I was like this light that just started attracting things to me. Like mm-hmm. I was unstoppable. I was just so aligned, I think, with what I was supposed to be doing and what I was doing was so joyful. And I was just so excited about the possibility of everything. Um, that I just wanted to like bring everybody over to my team and things like, you know, when I was working initially out of my West Hollywood apartment, just, you know, I was, um, selling cupcakes there first before I opened a store. And I remember going to Trader Joe's for blocks of chocolate. You know, I was working in larger quantities, but I still had to go to the supermarket and buy these things at retail. Well, you're not going to make, make much of a profit if you're buying things, ingredients at retail. So, I hunted down this supplier, this ingredient supplier, fine foods. He did like chocolates and vanillas and things. 
and tried to get him to come sell to me at my apartment. He was like, you know, this is, we sell to businesses, we sell to cafes, we sell to restaurants, we don't sell to people in their apartment. But after one phone call with me, you know, he was like, all right, sure enough, he's showing up, you know, with all of his paperwork and his ingredients at my doorstep. And that was that, like I, there was so much enthusiasm. There was so much light coming at him. Like he could not refuse me. (laughs) So sure enough, I had my, my wholesale supplier and I was still working out of my little apartment. That's insane. It's like, you know, I love what you said about being a light and then everything being attracted to you. Like you were literally vibrating at a different energy and you just do it and you were in the zone. Like they call it the magic, right? That magic Mm -hmm. spot, literally, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that. And I I heard your story with Oprah, like Mm. talking invisible doors opening. Can you share a little bit about that experience? Sure. So there was so much in terms of things, doors that opened and wonderful, you know, opportunities that came our way. When we first opened, in spite of what everyone said, which was, you guys are going to fail, you know, have fun while it lasts, but this is going to be brief. We were met with so much demand. Even from day one, I had built this small but devoted following out of my West Hollywood apartment and they all showed up and they all told their friends. And there was just this amazing groundswell of support from the beginning. I was completely unprepared. So spent the first few months in business, literally running from the back to the front, baking as fast as I could sweating out of anxiety, apologizing to customers that their cupcakes were not ready, that our cupcake case was bare. And, you know, in any other situation, I would imagine that customers would leave and never come back. I mean, people were understandably angry (laughs) to have driven across town, found parking, waited in line, and then there were no cupcakes to buy. (laughs) But I think because they saw me there genuinely working so hard and doing my best And my husband and I were there, you know, sharing our story about how we'd left finance to follow our passion. And then there was just like, they felt for us, you know, and they gave us a second chance. So they came back and they came back another time when we were prepared. And so this word of mouth just continued to build on itself. First celebrity that started talking about us was Katie Holmes. She was speaking about us on a press junket. And then Tom Cruise started courting her. And all of a sudden Sprinkles was like, caught up in this whirlwind romance. And then a few months, eight months in, right after our holiday season, the uh, a producer from the Oprah Winfrey show called. And I thought that, you know, I saw Harpo Studios on the caller ID and I thought they were just calling for cupcakes because they have a an office in town. Which would no. still be super cool, right? Like, still super cool. Stuff is cool, but wait everyone till you hear the rest of this. Okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> So I pick up, it was a slow January because we'd gotten through our holiday season. We had been the gift to give. We were exhausted and everyone in LA was on their new year's cleanses. And Charles and I were just kind of like, thank God we need a break. So I pick up the phone and the producer says, Oprah loves your cupcakes. And of course, I mean, I pretty much, you know, collapsed on the floor. And once I gathered myself, I said, that's amazing. What can I do for you? And she said, well, she'd love some of your cupcakes. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep taking notes. She goes 350 of them tomorrow morning in Chicago for her studio audience. I was like, oh my God, I have no idea how I'm going to do that, but that's not the moment to share your doubts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I said, you got it. Hung up, yelled at the back to fire up those ovens. We literally were like cleaning up for the day, baked and frosted up those cupcakes. 
stacked them in boxes this high because they weren't going to go under the plane. We couldn't check them on. They would have gotten flattened. My husband booked a red eye. We boarded the plane with our, you know, nothing but the clothes on our back and those stacks and stacks and stacks of cupcakes, which of course you can imagine. I mean, going through TSA is hard enough without having to send 30 boxes of cupcakes through. (laughs) We got there the next morning. We were backstage and we watched from backstage as the cupcakes came out to the studio audience and Oprah Winfrey delivered this love letter to our cupcakes, talked about how Barbara Streisand had introduced them to her. And it was just an out-of-body experience, truly. I mean, it was remarkable. And overnight, our cupcake, tiny little cupcake shop in Beverly Hills, 600 square feet, um, became an international brand. We had people calling from around the world, desperate for franchises, desperate for us to ship cupcakes. We didn't do either of the two, Um, but we had a line down the block for a very long time. Oh, I love stories like this. I'm like, like welling up because it's just Mm. so beautiful. And again, a testament to when you open your heart and you Mm. just do what you know you're here to do, even when it's scary, even when you have all the fear, you just allow that dream to be greater than Mm. all of the imposter syndrome. You know, the, Mm. like I, I, do a lot of classes for our community. And the one thing that always comes up for them is that imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. like a a community full of dreamers like yourself. Mm -hmm. And I want them to see that on the other side of taking that courageous, bold action is this, like this Mm -hmm. could be them. But when that imposter syndrome strikes, and I I wonder, did it strike for you when you were getting this? Every step of the way, it still does always. It's omnipresent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my message to women out there is that you are not alone. I always like to feel that makes me feel better just in any situation when I know I'm not alone, because I think the nature of imposter syndrome is it makes us feel that we are very alone and we are uniquely unqualified to be where we are. I also want to take it one step further and help people reframe it in that you do have a community of dreamers, as you said, and that in and of itself, like these are courageous, brave women. These are women who are getting off the couch and following their dreams. That makes them unique. And that sometimes means you're going to be in rooms that you're unaccustomed to being in. That's just the nature of the game. And so that's when that imposter syndrome is going to strike because you are new, but I want you to pat yourself on the back for having the courage to take that step and to be there because everybody else, you know, 99% of the population wouldn't even think of it. It wouldn't bother. They wouldn't have the courage to take those steps. And then the more you exercise that muscle of feeling that imposter syndrome, feeling that fear and doing it anyway, you just get used to it. And it's not that it goes away, but you are able to manage it. And you recognize it as kind of an old friend, like, okay. And then you think, I'm doing something new and courageous again. And just pat yourself on the back. Congratulate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful advice. And like who, whoever comes out of the gate doing anything perfectly and whoever even does anything perfectly, it's not even a thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think we're on this quest for perfection Mm -hmm. and we just need to get all our ducks in a row and we need to get you know, all those stars need to align. And Mm -hmm. like, that's just not real life. It's, it's Mm -hmm. starting and one iteration, next iteration, right? Like, is that what you found in your businesses that it's always a work in process? Absolutely. And I think that as a society, we really focus on the end result of quote unquote success. And we don't ever look at the very small, meaningless, seemingly insignificant 
and humble beginnings, right? Those little steps, those first steps, like making the decision to go to pastry school, like getting off the couch and starting my recipe development, like, you know, recipe one of my vanilla cupcake and then recipe 10 of my vanilla cupcake. And then, you know, taking my cupcakes to parties where people had no interest in tasting them and humble, you know, humiliating myself at times in places where people are like, who is the girl with the cupcakes? Like tell her to to, like, stop pushing the cupcakes. (laughs) And, and frankly, this is what happens in any project. I mean, even just, you know, in, in launching a book and some book signings, a lot of people show up and others are crickets and it's humbling. (laughs) So it, it, I think you just have to realize that it's, inherent in in anything that's meaningful is that you have to take those first small humble steps. Absolutely. And how fun that you had thought that you might go to school for entrepreneurship. You ended up going to pastry school, but then through pastry school and sprinkles, you became an entrepreneur, right? Like, so you got the school of life. You got schooled by, by experience really. And, and I love that because you, I call it, it my cupcake MBA. Right. I love that. (laughs) And totally off topic. I'm thinking, you know, my daughters, as I mentioned, they're 16. We're looking into colleges right now. Mm. We're like doing the whole college thing. And it's like obscene amounts of money to send them to like, Mm. listen, as parents, you'll do whatever you need to do. Of course. But I think to my getting hit two at at once though. That's hard. Exactly. Two at once. But also just watching them and looking at my own experience with entrepreneurship and my husband. And I'm kind of like, I, I wish they could just go out there and just start something and do something. Like, what are your thoughts on that with school and versus experience? And like, I'd love to just hear from you on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I think someone who did that's absolutely, I think here's what I think, because I, we struggle with this at home. I certainly am hoping to raise two entrepreneurs of two boys. But, and my husband and I say to them all the time, we're like, you're, you're Gen Z, you're the next generation. You come up with a good business idea, we'll back you. Like, we're here for you. But I think they just don't know enough yet. I mean, your girls could be a totally different breed. I think for my boys, I'd love for them to get a little experience. It never hurts to learn from an expert, but like really, you know, go after the expert, learn from the best of the best, no matter what you're getting paid, no matter how hard the hours are. I think there's, you know, obviously a a huge focus on mental health, but also work-life balance. And I didn't have that when I was in my twenties, I was, you know, working around the clock and I really learned how to work hard and I learned a lot. And I, I don't want people to forget that there is value in that. And there is time for work-life balance. And I'm not saying to neglect your mental health. I'm not saying that. But I am saying like, I knew I could be an entrepreneur because I'd already worked so hard for someone else. I knew I could do anything I wanted for myself. And I had that in me. So I I think, yes, I, I've heard of a lot of people, you know, issuing business school and taking that money and putting it towards starting a business. But I do think either starting as a side hustle, starting small, getting some experience first. I'm not, um, I don't espouse like throwing all caution to the wind and jumping in. I do think there needs to be like a little testing for traction. Um, and I do think having industry experience helps you to see the opportunity in the market. 
Sure. Yeah, no, that's an, that's a beautiful answer. And that's so great learning from the greats. And I think there's also like a beauty in just having the experience of school and college and those four years really prep you for so much, even if you're not doing what you're ultimately going to be doing. Like I really look at my friends. I look at my circle of people around me and my business besties. None of us are doing what we went to school for. Mm -hmm. I I know you are like, which is very cool. Um, But that's because you followed your heart. Like we Mm -hmm. all did the other thing and then ended up where we are. So I feel like there are so many different avenues. Um, but yeah, I just sort of threw that question out. Thank you for answering it so beautifully. No, I think it's an amazing question. And I, I, I mean, I don't know where I heard it or what the stat is specifically, but these kids who are coming up, I mean, a lot of the jobs that they're going to be faced with are not even, they don't even exist yet. Right. So it's really about my, my son will come home and be like, why do I have to learn this? about something physics related or trigonometry or something like that. And my only answer to him really is because you're learning to learn, right? right? So you're learning this very important skill of learning and staying curious. And because the learning doesn't stop when you leave school, that's, it's just beginning. So you are learning the skill of learning and that is going to serve you well as the market changes, as technology advances, and you don't know what the jobs are even going to be. You've got to just focus on critical thinking. Yes. And what a good answer you gave him. I'm going to use that with my girls. <laughs> Please do. Why algebra? Why <laughs> you're learning to learn? Right? Yeah. That's a very good answer. I think it's great. How old are your boys? I have 15 and 12. 15 and 12. Okay. Yeah. Very very nice. Um, okay. So we've done all the imposter syndrome. Like we've put it, we've kicked it to the curb. We've done all this. We've got these women who are ready to do it, to go out there and do it. How do you, you know, from someone who's, you've built sprinkles, you're building Pizanas, um, you know, you're on TV, like you're doing all these incredible things. You launched your book. So mm-hmm. like, what's the next step on, on that passion centered road? Like, how do we build that brand out? I think that, are you talking about personal brand or are you talking about like how you evolve in the journey? Yeah, I, I would say personal brand, right? Yeah. Like you've got these women, they're on their own, they're solopreneurs, they're doing yes. the thing for the fir- first time. And you're, I feel like your personal brand kind of becomes your brand, right? But it starts with- Absolutely. The- yeah. I'm such a proponent of stepping into your personal brand. I think it's you know, we all have access to this technology, all of these platforms, if we're not using them, we're really, you know, missing an opportunity to show up, humanize our brand, to differentiate ourselves from the competition and to really control the narrative. If you are not, you know, intentionally showing up and using your voice in unique ways, somebody else might end up doing that for you. So think about how you want to do that, how you want to show up, where you want to show up, which platform you can't be everywhere at all times, or your mental health is going to suffer. Take it from me. And, um, you know, sometimes the imposter syndrome will creep in. You think, well, who am I to be, you know, sharing my opinion with the world? But all I can say is no one has your voice. No one has your unique sense, you know, set of experiences and perspective And, um, you know, if you're feeling a little shy, start by showing up as a, in the comments of somebody else else's, you know, post and, um, add your value there and people will start to see the value you're adding and say, huh, 
what, you know, what is this woman talking about over on her LinkedIn profile or Instagram profile? So I think there's a million ways to step into it. I hear from a lot of women that they don't like, or they don't feel comfortable turning the camera on themselves and speaking again, that's just a muscle that you have to practice. And by the way, no one likes how they sound on podcasts. No one likes how they look on TV. So again, you're not alone. And also there are filters these days. So we are living in the age where you can show up. I mean, you can put a bunny rabbit on your head if you're feeling like that. But otherwise there are beautiful natural filters that I use all the time when I'm not feeling it. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of editing tools. I mean, it is, you, you can show up however you want, but just show up, start showing up and start exercising. That muscle is, is all I can say. Such great advice. I love how you said, if you're really like nervous and scared, just go in the comment section, Mm -hmm. like every day, build it up a little Mm -hmm. bit more, just get comfortable with being there, being in Mm -hmm. that space being in social. And I also love, and I echo what you said about just choosing a few platforms, like where are the platforms where you're going to hang out the most mm-hmm. and don't feel like you need to do it all. Cause nobody can like teams. If you've got mm-hmm. teams of people right. who are working on your behalf, that's one thing. But when you are a solopreneur and you're balancing life, mm-hmm. um, you just can't be expected to do all of it and give your all to, to all of it. So love it. So good. Um, we're going to pivot a little bit because at Girl Life, we're all about empowering the next generation of women, starting with our girls. Uh, and there is a stat that sadly, a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine, which is crazy, right? Like, oh, it's not no. insanity. And so we're in the business of changing this st- statistic. And we always love to ask our guests, what would you say to your eight or nine-year-old self? Like, what mm. did she need to hear from you. Mm -hmm. I think I would tell her to stop worrying about trying to fit in all the things that make you feel different will be your superpower. I love that Mm -hmm. so much. Yes. Leaning into your own unique brand of magic. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. And um, what would she say if she saw you today, right? Like looking into your life and your world, what do you think she would say to you? I mean, I get to eat cupcakes on TV for a living. I think she'd think that was pretty cool. (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. And I'll speak on behalf of her as well, saying that she's freaking proud of you. Like she's so proud of everything that you've accomplished and stepping outside of your own fears and like paving the way for other people to do the same just by inspiration, right? Just by showing up. I appreciate that. Only Thank you so much. Question. <laughs> I answered on behalf of you, but I had to. Um, <laughs> and finally, last but not least, this incredible book that those of you who are listening cannot see, um, Sweet Success, A Simple Recipe to Turn Your Passion into Profit, your beautiful book. Can you tell us about it? I love the analogies, by the way. I love the way it's written and laid out. It's so, so good. But Tell tell the readers a little bit about the book and where they can get the book. Absolutely. So this is for anyone who wants to turn their passion into profit, who needs a little inspiration to take those first steps to take their idea to a place of action, because it's all about the action. There's a million ideas, but there's only a few people who show up and start taking those first important few steps. It's about stepping into your personal brand, crafting a brand for your business, um, building a team that mirrors your values, a great you know culture in your workplace. And just some of the other tactical things like 
you know, trademarking and intellectual property and how to register your business, things like that, that I feel like, you know, a lot of books out there, they'll inspire you. And then you're kind of like, now what? (laughs) I wanted to also hold people's hand as they take those next few steps. So I hope people will check it, will check it out. It is meant to be very accessible. It is told in a lighthearted way. I share my stories and mishaps and mistakes of building sprinkles. I was a first time founder. I bootstrapped the business. I had no idea what I was doing. So I hope it will be relatable to people who are just stepping into this for the first time. And um, there's fun pop culture analogies throughout. I think entrepreneurship is such a fulfilling road. It's a hard road, but it's ultimately so fulfilling because you're following your dreams. You know, you're, you're doing the courageous thing. And I want to encourage more people to that path. I think sometimes entrepreneurship gets an, not a bad rap, but it's just, it's not necessarily represented in the media as what I believe it can be. Um, you know, we see a lot about tech savants and, you know, men building companies or raising hundreds of millions of dollars and building rocket ships to the moon. And entrepreneurship is a spectrum. And I built a big business out of something that is very accessible that anyone could do. So I hope that it will be inspiring to people. Oh my God. There's no doubt that it will be guys pick up sweet success. I have my copy. I just left my review. I'm totally cheering you. Thank you. Thank you. I really have an extra special place in my heart for people who leave Amazon reviews. My God, as a fellow (laughs) author, I totally get it. Like we need those reviews so that we can get it into the hands of more people who can be served by these amazing books. So um, I'm really just so excited to witness this journey that you are on. You're doing beautiful, beautiful things. You're such a light and you've been so generous with our audience and I'm forever grateful. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm grateful to you and your beautiful audience for listening. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Candice. All right. Take care, Melody. If you love what you're hearing on the Empowering Her podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star review. And as a thank you, I would love to share a free audio with you called Claiming Your Enoughness Now. Simply share a screenshot of your review with me on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment with one L, either in the DMs or in a story, and I will send the gift your way. Thank you so much for your listenership. I can't express how much it means to me.